right, Nico, can you say welcome to another episode of Healthy Births, Happy Babies? It's a happy episode. Um, happy babies. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to another episode of Healthy Births, Happy Babies. It's been quite a while since I put out new content to you, my regular listeners, so I apologize uh, if you've been searching on your phone, wondering when a new episode is going to come out. Today's the day, it's here, so thank you for being a loyal listener. If you're a brand new listener, then you don't know that there's been a gap. Um, so I'll welcome myself back. I'm Dr. Jay Warren. I'm a host of your podcast. And the reason why I haven't been putting out as much content on this podcast is because I've been busy with so many other great things, but I want to get back to um, providing uh, materials to you as well. We've been expanding like crazy here at Cap Wellness in um, in San Diego here. We're bringing on new practitioners to fill those needs. We're teaching new classes and I've been taking a very active role in helping with that expansion. So it's been really exciting that we're going to be able to grow and expand because there's so many pregnant moms and babies and uh, new families that um, need our help. So that's an amazing, amazing thing that we're doing. I've also become an instructor. I'm teaching with the ICPA, which is is the major organization within chiropractic that teaches all of us prenatal and pediatric chiropractors, um, trains us on the work we do, and they've invited me to be an instructor. So I put together an online course that's now available for those docs, teaching them the pre and perinatal psychology work that I've um, talked about here on this podcast, but I've studied for years. And now other chiropractors are going to be able to learn it as well to teach it to the new families they take care of around the country and around the world. And it's in an amazing honor to be included in these instructors and in this uh, kind of teaching faculty that have been my mentors for my 19 years of being a chiropractor. It's amazing. And it's, it's, it's in a first offering of online programming to um, their teachers. So I've been able to help them with that. I've been podcasting a lot on my other um, dad's podcast. And that brings us to today's content. I'm coming back with new content. That's really kind of a cross pollination of the dad's work that I've been doing. And um, there's a number of speaking engagements um, that I'm going to be doing later on in the year. Uh, We've started dad's group here in the Cap Wellness Center that we're meeting monthly, and that's been an amazing offering for the dads that are needing support out there because we do. We, uh, we're having a tough transition to fatherhood just as much as um, women listening may be having a tough transition into motherhood, and there's just not a lot of uh, services. There's not a lot of meetings. There's not a lot of resources out there for dads. So I'm definitely committed to being uh, someone that helps with that. The dads group is part of it. And this podcast episode is part of it as well, because today's guest, I have Michael Byron Smith on. He's the author of my favorite book on dads on fatherhood on parenting um and it's called the power of dadhood i found it actually back when i was 
when I had the idea of doing my dadhood journey podcast and coming up with the names and looking like what was out there, I was Googling dadhood and seeing what was out there. And I came across Mike's book and I just loved the title and, you know, the few excerpts of it that I found. So I bought the book and like I said, it's become my favorite book, uh, on parenting and specifically for dads. I recommend it a ton in the coursework that I've developed around the importance of dad and the transition of fatherhood and the importance of dad and pregnancy and birth and the postpartum period, I've referenced his materials a ton. And I just kind of on a lark and going through his book once again, um, reached out to him and, you know, just kind of threw it out there. Like, hey, would you like to be on the podcast? And he graciously said, yeah. So I am really excited uh, to share the conversation that I had with him. This interview um, goes over a lot of just general principles that are true for men um, going through the transition into fatherhood. Um, it's true whether you're raising boys, whether you're raising girls, it's just about being a dad and checking in with yourself. And it comes from his perspective of being a grandfather now. Uh, he'll share his story, and in his bio, he'll share his story. But he came through a tough upbringing, did not have a great experience with his own dad, and he broke that cycle. He changed it around, wanted to be the best dad he could possibly be. And then when he became a grandfather, he wanted to share this wisdom, and he's put together this fabulous book. It's called The Power of Dadhood, and I'll um, link to it in the show notes so you can check it out. But before I introduce Mike to you and switch over to our interview conversation, I want to put out an invite to all of you dads listening. If you're a mom listening to this and you'd like your partner to be listening to this, share the episode with them so they can hear this message. And the invite um, to you dads is to become part of our dads group. If you're local here in San Diego, excellent. Reach out to me, uh, email me, and I'll get you information about when and where our meetings are held. And so you can be a part of an in-person, face-to-face um, dads group here. But we're also forming an online group. Um, as part of this local group, instead of doing a Facebook um, closed group and communicating that way, we're doing things in Slack. It's another platform. It's used a lot in um, in a business setting and kind of a workplace setting. And so we've formed a dads group within Slack that if you reach out to me, give you give me your email address, I can send you the invite there, and then you can be part of the community that we're starting there. It's it's functioning as one a support for the dad just knowing when the events are that we're doing, the gatherings, the meetings, whether it's the monthly meeting here or if we're doing, you know, gonna do a play date or something like that or a meetup somewhere um, during the month, that's for that communication. But largely uh, nationally, as more and more dads are reaching out to me and the work that I'm doing for dads, um, you can be a part of one, getting support from other dads that are going through the same experience you are and you giving support uh, to other dads that need it. Um, we just add, we dads need support um, from everywhere we can get it. And there's a unique type of support and camaraderie that comes from other men, other dads going through the same thing. So this is dads only. Um, it's for new dads, dads to be that have questions about it. That's even better because then, uh, 
you were able to learn more right before you um, jump into it. And it's for dads that have older kids as well. So it doesn't have to be just for like newborns and toddlers. I mean, I myself, like my kiddos start in kindergarten in a little bit uh, at the time of this recording. So it's a big transition I'm heading into and wanting to learn as much as I can to help him support through it. And then all kinds of dads that's been showing up, their their ages are all over the, all over the place. So Dads that have kids that are um, older can support the other dads because they've been through it before. And even if you're a new dad and your kid's young and you're still learning a ton about it, you're still going to be able to contribute and add um, value to the other dads there by sharing your experience and them learning from you and what's going on in your life. So it's a it's going to be a safe environment for men to just share what's really going on and ask for support and get really good, high-quality advice and support um, from other dads. So again, email me. It's Dr. J at drjwarren.com um, directly and put dad group in it and I'll uh, get you that invite or you can go on my website which is drjwarren.com and look in the dadhood journey section um, looking in the dad section and you'll find uh, the link to uh, be invited into slack as well so now let me introduce Mike to you and we can get to the content um, around the power of dadhood So Michael Byron Smith is an advocate for healthy families with an emphasis on fathering. He's a 69-year-old father of three and a grandfather to four. He's a retired U.S. Air Force colonel and a former B-52 pilot. Michael's the oldest of a family of six that struggled. His alcoholic father was irresponsible in his role as a parent. The impact this had on Mike's siblings and the two generations after that motivated him to be the best father he could be. Michael broke the cycle of dysfunctional families by earning a college scholarship and joining the Air Force ROTC. After retirement, he dedicated himself to helping fathers to be dads. That's the name of his dadhood blog. And by becoming the author of this book, we're going to talk about the power of dadhood. So let me switch now over to my conversation with Mike and enjoy. All right, Mike, welcome to the podcast. Oh, well, welcome, Jay. I mean, well, I'm happy to be here, happy to be on the Dadhood journey with you. Uh, I think we got uh, places to go on this journey that, and hopefully it'll help other people. Yeah. dads. Well, I am really excited to have you on. And it's fitting. This is, um, this is the first interview episode I've done on my Dadhood journey podcast. And it's fitting that it's you, simply because when I was starting the idea of my dadhood journey podcast and kind of coming up with a name i was googling things and that's how i found your book and got it right away and mm-hmm. it's been i have to just say like i'll start right from the beginning um, yeah your book has been really really helpful for me as a dad it's put together really really well i've recommended it a ton i was telling you before we even started that <laughs> my copy here has dog ears and underlines and highlights all over the place because in other works and courses i've created for dads i reference your work a lot so reaching out to you and you saying yes to be here to have this conversation is a thrill for me and i know it's going to be fantastic for the other dads that are listening so one i just want to acknowledge you and appreciate you for your work that you've done and then two i'm really excited to jump in this conversation and have you share why i'm so excited about what the work is so other dads can hear it as well 
Well, I can't tell you how uh, good it makes me feel to know that someone like you has looked at my book and and has got things out of it because I don't I don't get a lot of feedback. I get some, but you know when you go into a venture like this, and I this is my first book I ever wrote. I'm writing yeah. a second, but this is the first one I ever wrote. I'm not really an author, a writer. I'm I'm an engineer and a and a, I'm an ex pilot. So really, writing was something I was really into. But this was an important topic to me, very important topic, because um, I've seen it. I've seen it from both sides. I'm a grandfather, so I've gone through the whole cycle of being a parent, mm-hmm. and I was also a child, and I was a child, and I, I went through that cycle of being a child. I had a terrible experience as a child with my father because he was not around for us, and when he was, he was a disturbance to us, mm-hmm. and and I was the oldest of six children, and and I was the only one who even graduated from high school. So they all had issues because of our our nomad existence. We couldn't pay our bills. We moved from uh, house to house, from apartment to apartment, from and it, it was very disruptive. And I, I went to like thirty five different schools because of that. No kidding. So yeah, Jeez, that's a lot of transition, schools. a lot of instability for you as a child. Yeah, it was like three schools a year until I got to high school. And when high school, and when I got a license. I had a clunker car, and we moved again, but I wasn't going to move again from school. So I stayed in high school, stayed in high school for three years. I'd never stayed in a school for longer than a year. Yeah. Uh, my record is four years, and that was college. So yeah. as long as I <laughs> went to any school, it was my college. So anyway, uh, in summary, I had a bad childhood with, with a bad father, and I wanted to be everything my father wasn't. And mm-hmm. as I got up closer to retirement, uh, I wanted to write down things that I learned as a father to help my family. And I'm talking about my, my sons and my daughters and my, uh, um, my nieces and nephews, et cetera. But I got down to so much work that I decided I'm, I'm going to try to publish this thing. And this is where it came out of. So it was something to help my family. And uh, as I got into it deeply, I decided to have it published. I was lucky enough to find a publisher and uh, went from there. And it's been it's been a joy. It's been a joy to write it. It was a joy to talk about it. And I appreciate this opportunity. Right. Well, and it's an amazing process that you've gone through. Like, And to have written it as a grandfather, having gone through fatherhood with your children, like that really, and when we were first talking about doing this interview in the first place, I had said like the advice and the stories and the principles that you're talking about in your book are really what I was saying and what we'll say are kind of timeless. It's not like kind of like fad parenting of like, this is what we should be doing in these next couple, in these years type of thing. It's very timely in that as adhood is right. But it's these, it's these principles that are tried and true that you've seen over the generations. And I just have to ask, like as a child growing up the way you did with the way your father was, did you have any reservations about becoming a dad yourself or did you know you wanted to be a dad and you were just going to do everything it took oh. to not be your dad? Oh, I wanted to be a dad very, very badly. Mm. Uh, it's, it's, it's like the best thing that's ever happened to me. And being a grandfather is even better. Yeah. So, no, um, he did not. There was nothing he did to make me not want to be a father because I knew I wasn't going to be like him. And, um, and I wanted to see that it could be done right. But, but not having any example to go by. You know, this this book I could not have written as a young father. I had to be a grandfather to write it. Yes. So I had to go through all these things, and and I had to go through them. And I still know what it's like 
to have little kids because I babysit like 20 hours a week to four grandchildren. Mm-hmm. And so I know the troubles that they bring about, you know. So, yeah, um, I've seen it from many sides as a father, a grandfather, and, and as a son, and as a brother and, uh, to my siblings. So uh, I, I thought I had enough. See, I'm not an expert, and I don't claim to be an expert, but I, I think of myself as a mentor. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, what this, that's what this book is. It's a mentoring book. Right. It's, it's a way, it's a, it's a stimulator for, for dads. And it's a reference book for dads. And it's also a, a baseline for parents to discuss things. You may not have to agree with what I say in there, but you'll see what I have to say and you can discuss it and come to your own, own mind, which you think should be done best in raising your children. Right. Well, and I think that that really comes through in a, in a mentoring sense, like that, um, one of the things I get that is like calming and rereading passages and like about kind of like the phases and like these are things that have come up and then they go away. But in the trenches mm-hmm. of being a dad, you feel like, oh, like we're locked in this. It's going to be like this forever. But having the perspective yeah. of that kind of like wise grandfather and I get great advice from my dad as well because he's seeing like it from the other end of all the things that like were seemingly so important when he was a dad to us as kids, like you see with time that they're not as important and other things are like, wow, I really wish I'd done this. And having another yeah. reference that's in a book anytime. And if, if a person, if a dad doesn't have a dad to like look to or get advice mm-hmm. from it can, it's a, it's a really great resource in that way. Mm-hmm. I, I suffered tremendously myself with this not with not having up there. Um, it, it, I was a very shy kid, and I was very afraid of everything. Mm. And and I had nobody push me to make you know make me stronger. And um, I, I there's you know and doing it to me schools kind of years it was it was just horrifying because you see all these kids staring at you wondering what what is this guy like and and here I'm acting a little bit shy and and milk toasty and. And, uh, you know, I, I just didn't have a, a backbone back then. And, mm. and I am totally a different person today. I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of ashamed of the kind of person I was as a kid. Mm. But I kind of, uh, but understanding why I was like that kind of yeah. makes it easier to handle. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I, and I, I just, I'd like to just throw in real quickly that um, when I wrote this book, I, I wanted to make it kind of like, you've brought this up already. It's kind of been like a timeless fatherhood book. Mm-hmm. because um, the way I got myself out of how I was as a kid without having a father or even an, an uncle or a grandfather around to help me is I, I, I met a, I met a, when I was in the service, I met an NCO and I told his NCO and I was a captain at the time. And I said, you know what? I'm having trouble. You know, I finally went to this guy because I trusted him. And I said, I'm having trouble. Uh, I just don't feel confident enough to do certain things, etc." And I'd already done a lot of things, but it never, gave me the confidence that I wanted. And he suggested a book to me to read. And, and, and that book helped me so much. I started getting into self-help books. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so a lot, of, a lot of the principles that I have, I took the self-help books that I took and, 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 and focused them into being a father. So, so you'll see a lot of stuff in here that looks like about self-help stuff, but it's, it's as a father, how you can help your kids with self-help. Here's a self-help for that for your kid right. and uh, so I lose, use a lot of self-help principles so um, that's where I, I got and of course I did a lot of research on, on father uh, you know experts on fathering 
and, and things like that. So the combination of, of experts, psychologists uh, who know about raising kids and, and self-help books is how I put this all together. Yeah. I mean, it's with going back to like that, the lack of the father figure to help pushing you and, and other things like what did you going into your own like fatherhood, like see that you as a, as a man and as a dad was bringing to the table for your kids, that was different than what mom would be bringing to the table. Well, because I knew that, I had to do things to, um, when my children had fears, I knew about fear mm. and I wanted to do, I wanted to, I wanted to introduce fear to them in a, in a mild, easy way so they can learn to not be afraid of certain things. You know, in my book, I talk about this, if kids are afraid of, of other kids, you know, you need to get them into Boy Scouts or something. They may not want, but they need that experience to get around other children and things. Um, Swimming, you know, I, I have a story in there about how I was afraid of water and swimming, and this this man helped me lose my fear of water, and and conquering my that that lesson of losing my fear of, of deep water was more of a lesson to how to get rid of of fear itself, and, um, and and things like building confidence, you know, you've got to build confidence in your kids gently and and, and give them experiences that they can conquer that aren't too easy you know, but aren't too hard. Not so easy that, you know, it's, it didn't really add anything to their, to, uh, to what they did. It's, you, know, you can't make it too easy. You can't make it too hard. You make it just right in the middle. And right. there's a little, and so those are some of the things that, that, uh, you know, you, and, and you've got to, everything is, is watching your kids. You know, not to never watch any of us or care what we did or thought or felt, but if you watch your kids and you see, you watch face and you know how they, react to certain things and you can tell I need to help them with this thing you know you can watch how they act and you see them um, uh, you know if they're afraid of, of playing ball and they're afraid of a ball you out there and help them not be afraid of a ball you know if right. you see them avoid certain friends or certain kind of friends you got to watch your kids and find out what their weaknesses are because if you don't look you don't, you don't know what they are and you're not going to be able to help them right and what I loved about like in those advice you have around like helping with those fears are always in that kind of nurturing, supportive way mm -hmm. rather than like throwing them into the deep end type of sense, which definitely resonates with me as a dad that I, yeah. you know, came I didn't have yeah. quite the adverse background that you did, but like I, I had a lot of insecurities as a kid and I compensated by being the good mm -hmm. kid and things like that. But when, but I know uh, what it's yeah. like to feel uncomfortable with like strangers and going into new environments mm -hmm. and the nervousness. And so when I see mm -hmm. that in my son, like I want to, with him as a four and five year old now, put him in environments where he's set up for success. So he builds that muscle so that when he goes into other things later on, he's got some references to go in through. And that is something that I really resonated with me with the way you were writing and advising and one, keeping an eye on one, your kid, but also yourself, which we'll talk about again with right. later on with your self um, checklist. But that, that advice mm -hmm. like is, I think is really important for dads to hear and to have tools to work with. That, you know, the, the, the things I want my fathers to know in my book was just how important they are and why they're important. And I talk about that. And, and I talk about being there. 
the most important thing you can do is be there for them. Just be there. Mm-hmm. If you do that, you're 80% there. And so you don't have to be a perfect father. You know, there, there are no perfect fathers. We know that. Um, there's no expert fathers. There's only there's caring fathers and there's loving fathers. And, and that's what, if you do that, you, everything else is going to be okay. Don't yeah. make mistakes. But if you're loving and caring, everything else is going to be okay. And that kind of reassurance, I I definitely think can come from a grandfather's perspective, different than anywhere else, because of that kind of perspective of like you're going to make mistakes. There's going to be things that happen. That's part of life, and that's part of dadhood. And what they, you know, it's not a matter of like saying the perfect thing when they're having this upset. It's like, I mean, we can get better and better at that with practice, obviously, but also like being there to be with your kid going through it together is more than half the battle and having that as like a confidence and a security and a resource for them is much more than we give a lot of dads give ourselves credit for because we're always there or not always there, but we don't have the experience that you had as a child of not having anybody to go to, right? Like we're already there. So we don't think like us being there is all that big a deal, but that perspective is so important for dads to hear over and over. Uh, um, The other thing is is parents in general and and fathers need to know that sometimes perception is more important than perfection Mm. because if you don't, you might give them something wrong. You might try to help them and you might do it wrong. Their perception of you wanting to help them is the most important thing. If you screw up to your kid, but they know you were trying to help, that is so that is so warming to them. They don't care about the mistake if they know what you were trying to do was to be there for them. Right. Yeah, I, my dad, I had a conversation with him years ago. This is before, um, even before I became a dad, but he had, said something where he called it kind of like a, a sandbox parenting in that he wanted to set up a safe environment, like a sandbox, literally mm-hmm. with like four, four edges for us to play within, to feel safe to play within. But then naturally a kid mm-hmm. wants to go outside of the play, play box, but, or the sandbox and looking right. back to us and I would look back to him, like, is it okay? And sometimes it was okay. And sometimes it wasn't, but it was that looking back, like for reassurance of like, is he with me, you know, and all parents, not just as mm-hmm. just, just dads, yeah. but that I think, kids thrive within boundaries, but I think kids, as you were saying, like they have a lot of fears. And so like knowing there's safety around them allows their confidence to build and for them to thrive more rather than if they're feeling unsafe all the time, they'll tend to hole up and not put themselves out as much. Yeah. You know, fathers can work both ways. Um, Mm. I had a brother who was more the opposite. He was, he was pushing the boundaries so far. He was getting in lots of trouble. So, you know, there's different ways all of us had different ways of, 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 I don't want to say suffering, but I can't think of a better term, of, of our father's uh, way of not caring for us. You know, he, he, he was very capable of, of providing money for us, but he never did. He, he drank it, or, he, you know, he spent it on himself. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom was not educated woman. She was a fifth grade education. So she had to raise us on witness to it. Yet he let us live like that, knowingly. It's unfathomable to me how someone could ignore their family like that and let their family suffer. But 
but he did it, and I know there's others that do it too. And those kind of people aren't going to be listening to you as a journey, uh, unfortunately. And that's a problem with, with a book like, like mine. The people that really need to read it probably won't even touch it. Yeah, that's uh, The true, ones huh? that pick it up uh, don't need it as much. They may go learn something that old, but they don't need it as much. But, but boy, uh, I, you know, my experiences through my, my blog and through my book is, is women are the ones that buy it. You know, and they give it to their husbands. Is that right? Um, they find it yeah, to, for, to help their partners. Yeah, yeah, right. And and it bothers me a bit because the uh, you know when I originally wrote this book, I wrote my subtitle was "A Better Society One Child at a Time," hmm. uh, but my publisher changed it to "How to Become the Father Your Child Needs." And the way that the reason that bothers me is if, if a wife or a mom or a grandmother or an aunt or somebody or a sister hands this to to their brother, son, etc., and it says down here how to become the father your child needs, kind of says like, well, you're not yet, you know. It, it, if yeah. you give it to a, a a new dad, then it's okay. But you give it to a, a, a guy that's got a ten year old, and, and it says, you know, it says you're not the, you're not the father your child needs. You know how to do it. So. You know, I can't help that it says that, uh, but but I hope people don't get the wrong impression. Anybody who's listening to this, this is not saying you're you're doing it wrong, and this is the right way. It's not that. It's a helpful book. It's it's to help you. It's not going to change. It's not supposed to change you, except for ways you want to change. Exactly. No, and having read it, I would I would never have taken it that way at all. It's in a kind of self help type of thing. It's like how what kind of dad are you being now, and what and you have a way of leading people through in chapter by chapter of like, is that working or is it not working? (laughs) That's maybe my languaging around it. And if it's, if it's working, let's enhance that. And if it's not working, here's some ways of tweaking that and never in a sense, like this is how you handle tantrums or this is how you handle lying or whatever it might be. It's really in a bigger perspective of like, all right, what are the qualities you want to have your adult child to have? And then how do we kind of craft like instill that in them um, for as early on as, as possible. Yeah. Oh, thank you for noticing uh, that because it's not a, it's not a a nuts and bolts kind of book. It's not how to change a diaper or anything like that. No. It's, it's how to grow, how to grow a, a child into a responsible adult, basically, and um, and how you can help to do that. Right. So yeah, yeah, no, it's there's no there's no nuts and bolts in there. It's just kind of like a uh, a framework that you can go by to to help your child. Right. And having, you know, been in the dad space and becoming a dad and then also like being in the dad space with the work I do, like I've looked at, I can't say every book on fatherhood by any means, but a lot of them. And I'm not just saying this to you, Mike, but like yours is my favorite because it's, it's very tangible. It's, it is timely and timeless at the same time. It's, it resonated really strongly with me and every dad that I've turned on to it has said the same thing. So like, I know as an author in the same way in podcasting, it can be kind of anonymous and you have no idea if anybody's listening (laughs) or reading and everything like that, but just to add some more feedback to you that is making a big difference. And that's why, you know, I, I was wanting to reach out to you to see if we'd come on and talk about this and, um, you know, in that, to echo back into that reflection, 
like I want, I would love for you to talk about your self-inspection checklist that you've put into your book. And it's something that is really, uh, helpful as a tool and that is ongoing and it's in the back of your book. So like, how did, is there a story behind like how that came up? Was that crafted for the book or was that something you were doing? No, that's, I'm glad you brought that up because, um, that was the last minute ad, the last minute ad. Mm. Um, I tell the story of why I put it in there because I was an Air Force guy and, uh, you know, we did a lot of things by inspection. We did self-inspections all the time. So what I did was I thought maybe I should, you know, put a checklist in there for dad to look at. And so what I did was I, I read my book over again. And I, and as I read my book, I wrote questions, these questions down. So, you know, it might be a good idea if somebody was to buy my book or, or you know, there's, they used to be in bookstores. I don't care much anymore, but open the book up and read the self that self inspection checklist in there. And as you read those questions and you answer them to yourself, and they're tailored to, to different areas, like a new dad, uh, you know, a family question, like that. As you read them, you, you re- realize that in my book somewhere, I'm talking about that. And so if you like, you know, I say, well, I'm a fail here. I'm a fail there. I'm a fail there. Well, you can go into my book and, and find out what I might say about that. So, uh, yeah, it's almost probably a good thing to do is when you pick up the book is go to self-inspection checklist first and and read what's there. And you'll know what's in the book by reading the checklist. Right. And it has, I mean, it's broken down nicely and there's like five different sections. One is about, you know, are you really there for your children? And it leads you all these questions and you can say yes or no. And it prompts you to, you know, pat yourself on the back right. if you're doing well, but then say, oh, I haven't been doing mm-hmm. that. And the next section is about helping your children face their fears. You you bring up, like, does your family work together and support each other? So that's working with your spouse. Um, right. And how or how well are you doing on that? And then, then there, there's a pure, like, self part of being a dad is like, are you a good example to your children? And like, because they're modeling us. Right. And there's so much that like you see them, especially now that my um, kids five, like there are things that he does that he definitely like, whether it's a tone of voice, a certain word, a certain way of doing things he got from me. And there, that's cute yeah. in a way until it's something where like, Ooh, okay, let's not have you do that in public. <laughs> you know? Oh yeah. And so that is sh- like bringing the awareness of like you as a person in the world is your kids modeling that allows a dad to take another level of responsibility. Right. They, the kids, they, they believe what they see a lot more than they believe what they hear. So mm-hmm. you can say whatever you want, but if you don't do it that way or if they don't watch you doing what you said, they're, they're not going to, you're not going to believe you or, or, or go with it. Right. Um, and, and then on the other end, the other end, I, one of my uh, my four year old granddaughter once said a bad word, you know, and I knew exactly what it came from. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was my daughter, you know, who says a certain word, and it's not a terrible word, but it's not good for a four year old. Yes. And uh, so I said, you know, you better quit saying that around her because she's picking it up. Right. So uh, yeah, yeah, you you got to watch yourself. You know, you got to watch your kids, but you got to watch yourself too. You know, yeah. when you're around your kids, right? You, you can sometimes be a different person when you're not with them. You know. And uh, and I don't advocate being there for your kid 24-7 either, as you might have seen in my book. Mm-hmm. You got to have time for yourself as a dad, you know? Don't don't say that, well, geez, this guy says I need everything is being a dad. Well, a lot of it's being a dad, but you can still be yourself. You still have to have time for yourself, and so does your wife. 
right. uh, are the mothers. So yeah, it, it's not twenty four seven. You know, you can you can you can do your own thing, and uh, when you get home, you'll be a dad again. So right, yeah, and I've seen you that. Like, yourself, you know, okay, go ahead. Yeah, if you want to lock yourself in, in your, uh, uh, you know, downstairs or uh, like the mom does in her bathroom to get away, you don't do that once in a while because you need to. Right. You got to recharge. And especially like those other, so whether it's self-care or just doing some things that you enjoy that happen to be separate from the family, if that like fills you up, you're more present, more satisfied, more happy coming back to being mm-hmm. a dad. And oh, that's really important to absolutely. show that you as, you know, as a person is happy. And that is modeling self-care right. and being independent and doing the things that you like to your kids rather than getting the story of you do cool things in your life until you become a dad and then you just become a dad and like clean everything yeah. up and <laughs> make sure everybody gets to bed. <laughs> There's more to it yeah, than that. Yeah, you don't that. want to be a bitter you yeah. want to be a bitter man saying, boy, I used to be able to do this, and now with kids, I can't. That's going to make you uh, not a very good father. No. So uh, you do have to give yourself those things that make you happy on, on the side. And still, you can still be a good father. You, Like I said, you don't have to be uh, perfect. You don't have to be the model father. You just have to be loving and caring. And, and when you're with them, listen and watch them. And, man, that's that's all you need. Right. Yeah, and, I mean, you've seen it. I mean, you've raised your own kids. Now your kids are raising kids like one of the last questions i wanted to ask you is like so not uh, how are how are you seeing your kids as parents now like are they do you think they're doing a good job are you mentoring them as well as that like are you proud of the way they're parenting because it shows you did a good job well my i have uh, three three children my son is in the army and he's not married my two daughters are married and have two kids apiece and they're excellent parents, and um, they're successful people. And it, it just, uh, you know, and this is not on me. It's a mere fact that uh, my dad and mom had six children, and, and they all had issues. Me too. Uh, my kids, I, I, was a, I was a hands-on father with a great mother, and my kids are all very successful. And, and they don't make a lot of money, but they're in jobs that, that help people. Uh, one's an one's Army warrant officer, mm-hmm. one's a uh, college career counselor, and the other is a, is a uh, 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 not a physical therapist, but an a occupational therapist. Okay. So they're all, they're all in jobs that help other people, and they enjoy that. Nice. And, uh, and I'm so proud of them for what they do. And the kids, you know, the kids are kids. That they're they're good kids, but I do have trouble with with uh, was with them once in a while. Yeah, and um, and, I, and I'm challenged by my own book about how to handle those things. <laughs> so and so I'm still I'm still practicing. <laughs> yes, it's a lifelong endeavor, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, and and you don't stop being a dad no matter how old your kids are. You know, mm-hmm. they they really do look up to you uh, more than you more than you know. Because uh, I've been surprised by that a few times that uh, you don't know that they're listening, but they really are. Hmm. Well, so Mike, in the last um, minutes here, like first tell people like where they can get your book, if you have website resources and everything, so um, they can connect with you. Yes, I think the, the, I have my book is Familius. Is Familius. Uh, so you can get the book at familius.com. That's the 
that is the uh, publisher. But probably the easiest way to do it for most people is just go to Amazon and type in The Power of Dadhood, and uh, you get the book that way. I have, I have a uh, website. It's my name, michaelbyronsmith.com. And the most important part of that book is uh, that website is my is my blog. And I've written somewhere around 350 to 400 different articles on on parenting advice. So um, that's how I, I keep involved. That's how I and putting that that out is how I. That's the only way I know how to publicize my book mm-hmm. is putting out those things. And uh, you know, really, I have no real platform other than my my blog. And and thank people like you who come along to help me out with, with getting the word out. And I really appreciate uh, what, what you've done sure. uh, for, for me being able to talk about it. Yeah, well, so, no, I yeah, appreciate and, that. But I'm yeah. I'm just appreciative of you too, the little mutual appreciation society here, but um, for what you're doing. And I just want everybody to know about it because it's really touched me and helped me. And that's what I like doing is like one, having conversations with people that are doing great things mm-hmm. and have helped me. <laughs> and then if we can spotlight it to help one other dad, it's totally worth it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've talked about that. If one, if one kid comes out ahead because of this one father feels strong because of this you know we've, we've done all we wanted to do yeah yeah and, well you have and with I me there's one 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 last lesson i'd like to leave if mm-hmm. you don't mind. And, and that is uh is helping your kids you know that's a step that's, that's a balance problem and so should i help my kid do this or should i let them do it themselves and and i think if you if a father remembers this it'll help you ask yourself when you when your kid asks you to do something for them. You ask yourself, is, is my help going to make them stronger or is it going to make them weaker? Mm-hmm. And I have an example in my book about helping your, your little child walk. At first, you want them to hold your, their hand, hold your finger, and you're helping them. you know. But then later on, when they get stronger, you get ten, two or three feet away from them and make them come to you. So in the first part, you're helping them be stronger by helping them actually. Later on, you're helping them by not helping them, if you know right. what I mean. So, because you're not being there holding them all the time, they're going to have to stretch out and meet you halfway. And uh, and there, you're not helping them, but you make them stronger. So, that goes along with a lot of different things that you do with your kids. You just ask yourself, if I help them do this, is that going to make them a stronger person or a weaker person? Mm-hmm. And uh, that, that one thing there will make you uh, a pretty good, good father, at least making good decisions. Right. That's a that's a really good um, check on yourself and what's going on. That um, and, and the walking example yeah. is perfect. I mean, one innately they're going to be able to do it themselves, but if they get used to you helping mm-hmm. them all the time, they're not going to learn as fast or as well. Yep. So that's a great example. They won't learn as fast. Right. That's for sure. Well, Mike, Thanks. thank you so much for being here. Thank you for sharing. Um, for you listening dads, uh, the book is the power of dadhood. Um, you go by Michael Byron Smith is your, um, author uh, name. My, so yeah, author yeah, name. your uh, official <laughs> name. <laughs> so I'll have the <laughs> links to Amazon. Yeah, exactly. I'll uh, put the links there. So dads, you can, um, go check it out. If it resonates with you, please pick it up. It's, it's, it's a great resource. And again, Mike, thanks for being here. Oh, thank you so much, uh, uh, and I appreciate you having me on, and I appreciate all you fathers out there. They're doing the best you can for your dads. All right.
right. I hope you enjoyed that conversation I had with Mike Smith about the power of dadhood. And in keeping with all things dad on this episode, I want to invite you dads, one, to our dads group here in San Diego. If you're local here, hit me up with an email. I give you details of when and where we meet um, each and every month. But if you're outside of San Diego, you're around the state, around the country, around the world, join us in our online community that we're creating. And the dads group in Slack is getting bigger and bigger, and it's basically dads supporting other dads. And again, hit me up with an email. I'll give you an invite. You can get in part of what we're creating here in Slack. And also I have my other podcast, the Dadhood Journey podcast that you can find anywhere where you listen to this podcast, you'll find it. iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, wherever. Just search for the Dadhood Journey and you'll find those episodes that, again, are all devoted to fatherhood, uh, devoted to just being the best dad that you can be. So search for that, get involved where you can, get that support, and I look forward to connecting with you.